1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios again as we are delighted to be joined by a current player who got into the top 50 this year. Was a uh, member of the 21 and under club on tennis.com. Still I think a couple months left of her being in the 21 and under club by way of uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. at her first title last year as well. It's Ann Lee joining us now. Ann Lee, thank you for uh, coming on the program.
2: Hey, everybody. It's awesome to be on the Tennis Channel podcast. Uh, it should be a good
1: one. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you, too, because it's funny how there's a lot of players that rise up the ranks, but I feel like we don't really get a chance to uh, to know them too well. And uh, your story's been cool. It's been exciting to watch the progress. And I know it hasn't exactly been overnight for you. But mm-hmm. first things first, uh, how are you feeling after Three months of, dare I say, a little bit of a normal season after the last couple of years. It's kind of, we're kind of back into a groove of a normal year. And how are you feeling?
2: Uh, It's a little interesting, I will say. Yeah, the past few years have been so different and unique. Uh, And so I feel like everybody's been struggling a little bit. Uh, But I actually had a decent two years, (laughs) even with COVID. But this year, I've been trying to play more uh, tournaments because last year I did get injured. Uh, So I was out for a couple months but I feel like I've traveled more in the last like two months than I ever have uh, yeah. recently. So it's been a lot of travel, but I'm, I'm super grateful that it's uh, kind of moving back to normal again.
1: So I want to ask you too, cause everybody from around the globe and has their own tennis experience or tennis story. What was it like for you growing up in a small town? And I know the backstory is your family, like a lot of tennis for a lot of athletic families bunch of different sports, bunch of different things. Why did you pick tennis and what was it like in a small town where you might not have had the uh, crop of people to play against and what was yeah. that experience like?
2: Uh yes, yeah, so my brother, I have an older brother and he played, so I always followed him along because we have another family friend. So that's kind of how he got into tennis because their son also played. So they would take lessons together and I was just I would just tag along. And then one day I, just, I was a really active child, so I just wanted to try it. And then apparently, I mean, the coach kind of just fed me balls and then stopped, stopped me. And then he came up to my mom and, and she was he was like, she's going to be better than your son.
0: <laughs> wow. Like, so,
2: yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, I fell in love with it right away, but uh, yeah.
1: You didn't want to put the speed skates on like your aunt? You didn't want to just no. try to try that career path?
2: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I did enjoy watch, watching figure skating growing up, but uh that wasn't really for me. <laughs>
1: so, so you're, it's, it's fascinating too, because a coach can right, right away tell that you have talent. I'm assuming it was a lot of raw talent. Like you had energy, you had some skill, but it had to be refined. Were you on board from the get-go? Like I'm going to work hard at this. Was there a period where you're like, this is too much. I need to take a break. How were you checked in mentally throughout your progression? Uh,
2: mentally. I mean, I feel like I've been lucky. Cause I've, through these steps that I've been through I've always had really great people to kind of guide me and help me along the way but you know some can't say so I'm I'm super grateful for that and I think that's helped me a lot through my journey and you know it's kind of a step-by-step process Uh, but yeah I mean uh, it's it can be tough especially traveling so much and and it's not like it's a little bit of a lonely sport I will say um, unlike team sports but for me mentally I've, I've never had an issue where. Oh, like, I feel like I'm overworking myself or, I mean, because I play because I love the sport. So that kind of drives me and and keeps me going.
1: Do you feel like, and I've heard this quote about you, coaches have said, you know, you were a late bloomer. You didn't have those reps that some of the other prodigies or young, young, you know, phenoms have had. Do you think that in a way has helped you? It's kind of prevented burnout and it's given you a chance to grow at your own pace?
2: A little bit. Yeah. I think everyone has their own journey and, and some people, some some people that tend to get results super early in their career, you know, they don't. And then once they get to pros, they don't really stay at the top. And then obviously you have cases where they do, but for me, it was, I think a good way to build my foundation in my game because I have a lot of variety. So it it kind of delays the process, I guess, because it's not super simple. Like it's not a super simple game where I just go out in the court and I do one thing. I have so many different tools uh, that I can use. So I think that's kind of, the whole process of it. And I actually, yeah, I, I like that. It's kind of a step-by-step process. I mean, sometimes I do wish it was a little bit faster, but, um, I like where I'm going right now. Yeah.
1: So when was the breakthrough where you realized, okay, this is, this is serious. Now I know Wimbledon junior Wimbledon finalist in 17. Was that the moment or was it before that where something happened where you're like, okay, this is a legit career possibility now?
2: I mean, I think I, once I kept training and, and I started online school and everything, I think I definitely, knew that I had it in me. It was just a matter of time. But I think after that, uh, the Wimbledon Junior Final, it was definitely like, okay, like, let's take this into the pros and see what, what can happen.
1: Right. As you were unseeded then, and I'm and I'm in talking yeah. to players about their growth. A lot of the times the seeds, I don't want to say don't really matter, but players yeah. aren't playing in a lot of tournaments. They aren't – they're not sure. So it's it's more on the less of like they all believe in their game, but they just haven't been in that situation before. But to go to the Junior Final, unfortunately, Claire Lou got the best of you, but it was <laughs> – you know, one of your best friends now, of course, but yeah. Uh, yeah. it was had to be a remarkable experience. And uh, I, I didn't know this about you till looking up that grass is actually your favorite surface.
2: Yeah, it, it is. And I didn't have a great grass <laughs> season uh, last year, but I don't think it's changed my uh, uh, feelings about it yet. But um, yeah, definitely the Wimbledon Junior. That was actually my f- I, there was a warm up tournament before, but that was my first time playing grass ever. Um, so i just went out there and i I just had so much fun because i think it suits my game really well too and it's just so it's so different from every other surface it's like the movement is different everything is different like you you almost never really know what the bounce is gonna do so i just find it really fun but uh yeah actually claire and i i didn't claire and i've never hit before that final (laughs) so it's really interesting um but yeah we're really close now and then Hopefully uh this grass season I can do some
1: damage. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of time to get to know her during that doubles match that went then because I remember that one where it was just never ending. Well, the, I think it was the men's final. Uh you no, know, you bring up some good points about grass. It's just so fascinating with that surface. It's fun, but it's so, such a short season. I feel like breakthroughs that that's the sport, that's the surface where it happens overnight. Yeah, it's like anything can
2: happen on that. And you don't
1: have reps. You have a couple weeks to play, so one year you might have a bad year, and then the next year you could go out and make a major semifinal. So um, you're you're pretty open about who your tennis idols were. What was it like meeting Roger
2: Federer? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When I met him the first time, it was like, See, I don't think I get starstruck very often, but like when I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I actually was able to get a picture, and then I saw him again. I got another picture <laughs> because yeah. every time I saw him, I was like, "And like, this is your chance! Like, you gotta get a picture every time." <laughs> um, and then the final after the finals was a Wimbledon ball, so that was really cool, and I got to see him. And I remember when he was practicing the first time, I stood in the same spot for the whole practice and just watched him <laughs> because I just, I mean, I think he's the greatest and I love him
1: yeah he's the one right because you, you strike me as someone that d- doesn't get starstruck that much but he's like <laughs> a living beetle almost like you watch him and practices he'll sell those out like it'll be yeah. insane there'll be top 10 players next to him and everyone's watching his practice uh yeah. but those experiences at the Wimbledon ball especially had to kind of set in motion like this is this is the end end of the journey if I can get to somewhere yeah. along this lane you
2: know. yeah I think during that slam it was really cool because you can be so close to the pros and for me that was a really cool experience because i was still in juniors at the time so i was like wow this is this is pretty amazing
1: when did you decide okay college you know lsu wanted you you it would have been a life altering thing to go down south and play college tennis but you decided to go pro was that a struggle for you when did you ultimately make that decision
2: yeah i think uh maybe it was close to the end of 2017 or i don't remember exactly what day but that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, I really, I went to LSU for, well, I verbally committed there for the coaches. I mean, Mike, Mike Sell, Joy Sel, they're amazing and amazing people as well. So I would go there for them. But uh, yeah, I think in the back of my mind, I mean, you always, if you wanna play professional, you never really wanna go to college. Uh, Cause I feel like, you know, it's the path of, okay you're good enough to go pro so you can do that. Um that was definitely one of the hardest des- decisions I've had to make. But I felt like at the time I was at USTA in Orlando, it just started there. So I felt like my situation was really good and I was feeling good with my training and everything. So I felt like, you know, like, you know, I can do this. And uh it's funny, I, I still have a really good relationship with Mike. And so I'm super grateful for that opportunity. But uh it would have been very different. I, I used to wonder what I would be like right. if I went to college. Uh, cause my friends are in college, but, uh, I like where I'm at right
1: now. Yeah. I mean, you would basically have just finished up. Like that's how crazy this is. Like that would have, it's four years ago, but four or five years ago from the decision, but it's also like you'd be just finishing up about to graduate as a true senior now, which is, uh, which is insane to think (laughs) about. (laughs) Did you have any, were there any like, you know, maybe regrets or I don't want to say regrets, but second thoughts, like, you know, you go from Thinking about going to college now you're in i think it's like evansville indiana and it's like okay you know i don't i don't know if this is glamorous yet did you have any regrets at first
2: um no i i don't think i had any regrets i mean i'm also kind of like a go with the flow person so like you know whatever happens happens. but uh, i'm pretty happy i mean i've i've liked the steps i've taken and the journey i've been on even uh not deciding to go to college so actually good because i won the tournament in episode (laughs) after so i was like okay this is a good start um but yeah it was pretty good the
1: uh the life as a pro tennis player which you know and i know and i don't think a lot of the masses know it doesn't start off glamorous so you were all committed like like you say go with the flow like we're gonna we're gonna go to small towns for the smaller money tournaments and just trust the process here huh yeah
2: exactly i mean uh it's hard for people to see because uh, they don't see kind of the, the behind the scenes of what really goes on. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline, a lot of, you know, going through pain and, and uh, you know, sacrificing things. So people just kind of see oh, the glamorous part of it and whatnot, but uh, it, it really can be really tough.
1: and Leanne Tennis Channel Inside In here as we get to know her a little bit more and talk about the successes that she's had. I just want to know about the way you play. Very aggressive, a lot of movement. You said you were that energetic kid that always had to be running around. I just wanted to know how you kind of developed your style over time. Was that just always how you played? Did you kind of work on certain things? Yeah.
2: Um, I think I will credit a lot of my like variety to my uh, junior coach, John Glover. Um, He really started to implement like slices and a lot of volleys, swinging volleys. So I'll credit, you know, most of my variety to that. Um, But it is definitely how I've always wanted to play and how I do play. I remember uh, super aggressive. I mean, the first time I tried with that coach uh, when I went with my brother, I was just trying to hit the ball as hard as I could (laughs) every time. So I guess that's kind of where it came out from, but uh, yeah, definitely super aggressive, a lot of variety. Um, I would say I would, Uh, try to style my game more like a guy. So I I do say I play more like a guy. Um, And then a lot of it comes from my movement and definitely trying to get to the net as much as possible. So, yeah.
1: Were there any times playing professionally where you might not have had a good result or you played somebody tough and you're like, okay, this is another level. I kind of need to change some things to get here. Might have actually Uh, helped your game.
2: There were definitely matches where I I realized, okay, like, yeah, like, let's let's do this better next time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think some of it is just experience as well. I remember when I played uh, Sabalenka, third round in Australian Open last year, it was like, okay, we played on Rod Laver. That was the first time I played there and and she was doing really well at the time. And I was like, I didn't even play that bad, but she played well. And it was just like the whole experience uh, and the whole like situation. So I think just getting used to that as well.
1: Yeah, that's like next level power. I mean, that's (laughs) that, but it's good to have those experiences take your lumps, so to speak. And I know 2020, you go into it and COVID happens and all this stuff. And I've talked to players where they're like, we use this as an opportunity. The tour shuts down. Fitness was a huge thing. You've been open about having to kind of change your fitness. Was that what the goal was going with the flow in that regard of like, I'm going to get more fit during this downtime from actually playing matches?
2: Actually, it was tough because. Uh, when they told us like Indian Wells was canceled and like COVID kind of hit I went home to Pennsylvania and I was only going to stay there for a couple of weeks but I ended up being there for like two months and so I wasn't really practicing and I the fitness obviously wasn't great because I was alone and then I didn't really have that much equipment at home so I had to like order stuff and try to make do with what I had and obviously it wasn't you know uh, the best thing that I could have done but it was I was working with what I had, and then uh, and then I went back to Orlando. That's kind of where I started picking things up again. But actually, when COVID hit, I didn't really uh, train as hard because uh, I was home. But, yeah.
1: How long have you been training in Orlando? I'm, I'm curious about um, that as well.
2: Yeah, because people <laughs> still say I'm there, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, I was there yeah. uh, for, like, three years, and then okay. now I'm in Georgia. So okay. I moved – my coach and I, we left USTA, um, kind of went separate and then we moved to Georgia last summer.
1: Okay. I'm just, I'm just asking because it seems like that's not the USTA is obviously a huge thing as well, but training in those elements seems like that's the strategy and it's worked a lot of young American players and veterans. Do you think there's something to like, I'm going to brave the elements. I'm going to build my stamina up in this region of the country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely, um, Uh, I used to go to New York uh, USTA so that was a really great experience Um, I loved my time there I mean I made made so many friends and coaches were amazing and then I feel like Orlando they really stepped up like I mean they have a hundred (laughs) courts they have red clay green clay indoor hard regular hard court and they have a full gym like physios there so I think um, their resources are unbelievable and I think being able to train there I was super happy and and it really helped me a lot cuz there are also great coaches there and and uh, a lot of great players as well so yeah. USC was pretty good at that time for me when
1: I mean, you're like 18 19 you're this is a full time job you're committed <laughs> you're in the workforce like it's it's a little different um
2: yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah obviously yeah, uh, I,
2: I, yeah. I never it's it's hard cuz i <laughs> I do think of it as a job, but it's like, I enjoy it so much, Where it's not like, you know.
1: Right. It's, it's fun. It's obviously a blast. You're living out your dreams, but you have to put in hours like a (laughs) full-time worker, which is crazy. Um, And then kind of looking at it, I don't know if you realize this, but the story about you and the post-it notes is kind of the stuff of legend around here. Mm. Um, You're putting out your goals for those of you who haven't heard it, listening and watching. You put five post-it notes up, you, your goals, and it's all the majors and the number one ranking in the world. Was that is that how it's always been? You just had to physically see that right in front of you?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, I read uh, David Goggins' book during COVID, mm-hmm. and he talks about, he kind of was saying, oh, you should do this like right write on post-it notes, your goals, and stick it on the mirror. So I was reading the book at the time, so I was like, okay, might as well do it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think winning the four majors would be really cool because not a lot of people have won all four. So I think it's really cool to do that on every surface. Um, and then obviously at number one, uh, everyone kind of dreams of being number one. And I think, uh, yeah, obviously uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work and I'm just trying to try to get better every day and, you know, see what happens.
1: Yeah. Don't train like ultra marathons like him. I don't think that would be good. <laughs> if you yeah, did that That
2: guy's a different <laughs> breed
1: that he is just something else uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. i've read that book myself it's it's inspiring but yeah for a pro athlete i don't know if you should emulate every single training block he's done yeah. but but so the process there what was i guess the first step to r- achieving those goals we, we can get to the first titles and just getting to the point of you know being more consistent was the, was that the basis of it consistency and week in week out trying to bring your best level
2: Yeah, I think it definitely comes from consistency and, you know, trying to be the best you can be every day, depending on, it doesn't matter how you're feeling, if you're feeling bad that day or whatever, if you're having a good day or a bad day, you have to, you know, put your best effort into it every day and keep doing the right thing. And for me, it's, you know, keeping that high level of practice every single day, even though it can be really hard sometimes, but I think that consistency of practice is kind of what you bring to matches and especially during pressure moments you kind of go back to you know your habits and uh, so I think building good habits is really important
1: it seemed like 2020 that Australian Open was kind of the first mini breakthrough because you run yeah. through qualifying you win a main draw match and you yeah. lose the eventual champion in the second round did you feel like okay I'm kind of unlocking something or I know another quote you've said is I'm not about the it's not about results it's about the progress that felt like the progress was there
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, like I, like I said before, I feel like I've always I have it in me. It's just a matter of when it's gonna show up.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So obviously the sooner the better. But um. Yeah. For I think that was a really great moment for me. Um. I mean, I played uh, Lizette Cabrera in the first round. She's Australian, so I got a kind of a taste of you know, I mean, people were going wild during that match, banging on the sides, (laughs) like screaming. It was actually really cool. But I'm happy to get the win there because. Actually, when you think about it, like the situation was super tough. Uh, But I remember the match before also, I saved uh, a match point or two, I think. But for me, it was just, yeah, I was enjoying it and having fun and obviously developing myself more. Uh, So I think that was a really great moment.
1: Yeah, just no big deal. Just saved a couple match points. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, and that's where I think the consistency started. The hard court major results you've had have been pretty solid. You've been able to win a couple matches in your last several the U.S. Open 2020 beat Ali Risk. And then last year, 2020, uh, 2021 Australian Open, it was uh, Cornet before Sabalenka. So that's when I think it started to come together. Did you feel like you kind of belonged at that level more where you're it, it's not a it's not a flash in the pan. I don't want to say fluke, but it was more consistent results against some really good players.
2: Yeah, it was funny uh, that last year because we had to quarantine. Uh, yeah, you I'm that's right. Sure.
1: You were in the 14 day 14 card quarantine. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was actually insane. Um, but again, like I'm, I was like, you know, like, what can you do? I mean, a lot of players were complaining, but it's kind of like, what can you do? (laughs) Like, just, just go with it. And and i really tried hard to train, uh, super hard in my room. And, uh, I had a, took my mattress down, was hitting against it. Uh, so I really just tried to make do and then I came out and I just, uh, because when you come out of preseason, and you get to Australia, all you want to do is compete. And then you're locked in a room for 15 days. And it's just like, wow. But I ended up, I just, you know, was there and I, I just wanted to have fun and be able to play because I mean, I couldn't hit for 15 days. And it doesn't seem like a lot to people, but when you do that every, like almost every day, it's a lot. So I was just super happy to enjoy my time on the court. And uh, I ended up doing really well in the tournament before. Uh, and then we didn't get to play the finals. But I, that's kind of when I started, okay, get, gaining a lot more confidence because I, I beat a lot of uh, good players in that tournament. Um, and then going into Australia, yeah, it's, that's kind of where my confidence was building and uh, ended up doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, you beat Jen Brady, uh, who ended up making the AO final that year. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen tennis players have different results and reactions to outcomes of matches. What was it? It was the closest thing to a tie, right? You did—you literally didn't get a chance to play the final against V. How Were you just leaving it like, ah, I really wish I would have played, but still it's good that I'm in the final.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely was I wish I could have played because I, I was feeling really good at the yeah. time. So I was like, you know, uh, this could be a good, a good chance you know, to burn a title. But uh, I was obviously super happy to win the match against Jenny Brady. I mean, she's a great player, and obviously she made the finals in the Australian Open the next week. Uh, so I was super happy. I mean, final, it was final either way, and, and we both shared the trophy, and she's super nice. so.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. More with Ann Lee here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Um, You know, we get to the first title. Tenerife, you win it. And uh, really impressive part about this was the toughest match was your first match. (laughs) So you just kind of routed into form, just one three-set match early and then rolled into it. Was that confidence building up before? Did it just kind of happen that week or were you feeling really good going into that tournament?
2: Um, actually, I had a couple tough weeks before that tournament and not not doing great and and not feeling a great not feeling amazing, but going into there, I mean, yeah, I don't know what happened for me I guess everything just clicked and and uh, yeah, the first match was definitely the toughest and I remember it was a super physical match and I was cramping a little bit. <laughs> Uh, in the end, but I ent- ended up winning, and, and I guess from there everything kind of took off. And I was really just enjoying my time there as well. I mean, Tenerife uh, is beautiful, and everyone's super nice, so I, I just had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, there's worse places uh, stylistically to win your first <laughs> title. So uh, it did seem like the courts were playing a little fast, and you were hitting the ball pretty hard, and it just suited what you were doing. First title had to mean a lot. I don't know if you realize this, but when you won you acted like you'd won 100 trophies you were very like calm and down to earth and it it was actually kind of cool I know a couple people pointed out like this is someone that looks like they expect to win
2: yeah Yeah, I sometimes you plan your head what your reactions (laughs) would be like when you win and you know sometimes in my head it's a lot more you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing a lot more emotions than I actually end up showing but uh for me like again like with my personality I'm, I'm pretty calm usually and so sometimes not a lot comes out uh but definitely was super happy and then uh it was funny cause one guy after i think either after my second match or first match some guy just came up to me and he was like doing this sign and it just like stu- it just like really stuck with me and then i so i kept seeing him and in the finals i remember he was there and then after the match or i was just like i gave him the sign and it was just uh yeah, it was pretty cool
1: you just broke down Pro athletes and how ridiculously like superstitious <laughs> and rituals are because it's always something it's not just tennis players but that's another example you found one guy doing one hand gesture it stuck with you and then you like had to see him
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was uh, it was pretty fun for me that guy was that was guy was fun
1: so now as we kind of get forward in, in your career, are you cognizant of what your peers are doing do you look at because you're you know still in the top seventy? doing very well in your young career there's 10 Amer- There's nine americans in front of you that a couple of them are teenagers or, yeah. or early 20s are you kind of aware of what they're doing is that motivation to keep pushing
2: yeah definitely uh i mean i'm aware of of you know who's playing who's winning what's going on uh i think i i don't try to compare myself too much i think uh that can be you know almost toxic in a way if you compare yourself too much but it's definitely motivating to see how everyone else is doing, and you know, kind of like, oh, like I've beaten this person, and then now they're in the final or something here. So I think it is motivating, and uh, yeah, I definitely I'm trying to watch more matches as well and, and learn a bit more. So I think it's cool.
1: How satisfying was it to get that chance to play Contevet and beat her at Miami recently? You finally got to play her oh, yeah. on the court.
2: Yeah, I was super pumped before that match because I was like, this is. I mean, we were supposed to play and I was feeling really good before then when we were, you know, supposed to play. So I think uh, going into the match, I was super excited. And, you know, I I played well and I got the win. And so, yeah, really happy about that.
1: When you're playing these matches, this is just a personal question, but when you're playing these matches and you have like a dominant set score, like six love bagel first set, and then you lose the second set. Is there like some negative like scar tissue with that? Like I played so well, how could I not win this in straight sets? You were able to put it on the back burner and win the match but I'm just curious tactically and mentally what you were feeling
2: yeah I think uh one thing about tennis players is we have to have short-term memory uh definitely like okay this point happens okay it's over next point uh but for yeah definitely I mean a 6-0 set uh playing well obviously she's a really great player and she's gonna fight so I knew her level was gonna rise uh but yeah I ended up losing that second set and then uh just kind of Raise my own level in the third. And then, yeah, it wasn't super negative. I mean, I knew she was going to play better after the first set and kind of get under her feet a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of put it behind me.
1: Certainly did that. It was uh, another you know, step in your progression in your career. Uh, I want to end this with just kind of asking some of the personal questions, yeah. like the behind the scenes stuff. I mentioned Claire Lou, but who are your other friends on tour? Like, and I want to know if I've talked to any of them so I can get yeah. some inside intel. <laughs>
2: um I would still say I'm fairly new on the tour so I don't know as I mean I know people but I haven't gotten really close to many uh but yeah Claire's one uh I was pretty close with Haley Baptiste uh a little bit ago we were in Orlando together yeah. and then uh I'm also friends with Kaya Juvon um I know yeah I mean I can't think of other people that I'm super close with uh, but I mean I've started, you know, yeah. seeing a lot more people.
1: And you guys yeah. were in bubbles, too. It was it, It's a tough time. It's like being a college student during this time where you're kind of,
2: you like know, right <laughs> in
1: isolated a little bit. Yeah. Um. I got to ask about, you know, the music choices. You said you're a big country music fan. Yes, I wow.
2: am a okay. huge country. All right. Country. That's
1: not what you normally, I don't think that's what, what I would normally get on this show. But
2: really? what yeah. what
1: brought you, what, what got you in there? Was, were you your parents fans? Did you just discover it?
2: I think I just discovered it one day on like YouTube or something and the first person I discovered was Hunter Hayes okay. and then after that um, I kind of just like was really into it and then now um, I'm really into Morgan Wallen I think he's my favorite of all time right now uh, but yeah love country I mean I, I actually listen to a lot of other things like uh, i listen to pop rap R&B like some like Avicii type stuff uh I also like sometimes I listen to jazz like randomly um yeah so it's like a lot of different stuff but I've actually never been to a concert uh either so
1: that's on the bucket list too I mean it's yeah you made that next step you might as well go see a a country concert all right I need to get to the bottom of the ukulele story how good are you (laughs) do you play because I had a ukulele as a kid but never learned it's one of my biggest regrets
2: (laughs) yeah um yeah, I was. I got really into it when I was younger uh, and then I asked for it for my birthday and I got one and I was playing it a bunch that was like, you know, years ago <laughs> and then uh, But you
1: can legit was, play, but you can legit play music. No,
2: I can play it, I oh. just kind of looked on YouTube, like learned tutorials and all that and then the, actually my first song I learned was Sunday Morning by Maroon 5 great song by the way <laughs> um, but then I learned yeah. that and then I actually so that one was kind of like not a real ukulele, it was like a white and then it was like the small one. So then after uh I got another one that's like a legit, like it's like real. And then played wow. that for a little bit and then I don't really play anymore. <laughs> so uh I have a guitar. I actually got a guitar, but I don't play that either that much. So have, I you, so, that.
1: have you learned <laughs> well it sounds like you start playing things but might not yeah. just stay with it. Uh yeah. it was a guitar like if you took in legit lessons or taught yourself, like you've learned to play a little bit on that too.
2: Yeah, I've never taken like legit lessons. I used to play piano, and uh, when I was younger, so I did take lessons for that, but uh, I quit uh, oh. for tennis. And I also did dance as well, and I quit that too <laughs> for wow. tennis. But um, I I just kind of look on YouTube and, and learn by myself. And yeah.
1: What was the dance discipline like? What what type of dancing?
2: Oh, I did uh ballet, jazz, tap, and modern. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's-> <laughs> So you're, I, yeah. I'm starting to see. So it's like your parents signed you up for everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. Cause I think, uh, in the beginning, my brother also did piano. So it was kind of like, they wanted me to be like dancing and, you know, like that girl, like dancing yeah. and, you know, music and my brother should be sports, but it kind of, I went the sports uh, way and then he finished all the okay. levels of piano. So
1: yeah. I just like, how did your brother take going back to the beginning? How did he take yeah. like your sister's <laughs> going to be better than you? Yeah
2: yeah I think I think he actually took it pretty well That's good. Uh, he played in high school on the team and then he 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 enjoyed yeah. it but yeah he he also swam and he did other things nice. so I think he's more of a team sport player um, but he doesn't play anymore so <laughs> um i I guess I took that over
1: do you uh do you have like sport interests? are you a fan of any teams or athletes outside of tennis?
2: um I don't really watch other sports, uh, which is probably bad. I mean, I should, uh, but I, when I was younger, I was super into watching figure skating. I thought it was really cool. And then, I mean, all the sports, I mean, they're pretty cool if, if you're at the highest level and I think, uh, yeah, I don't really watch other sports. I mean, I support the Eagles and you know, (laughs) just because, uh, but uh, I'm actually trying to watch more tennis. So uh, I think I need to get that done first.
1: This is good. We're we're learning more about you. You're a you're yeah. a dedicated tennis player. That's tunnel vision. Doesn't really, you know, watch other sports, but hey, it's all good. Every, everybody has their own interests. Um the last thing I wanted to ask you was going to your uh, your personal stuff, what you post. Was that your Valentine was a donkey? Is that what we have here?
2: <laughs> that, was, that was uh we were in uh Dubai and so one of I guess one of the things you have to do there is, you know, go see the desert and and we ended up, ended up uh, riding quads, and, and that was a camel.
1: Camel, okay.
2: And so we actually got to ride the camel for a little bit, and it was it was actually really cool. I've, I've never done anything like that, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing.
1: Yeah. Wow, so that's yeah, you get to tennis takes you to another part of the world, and you're just riding <laughs> camels on Valentine's Day. Yeah, and then.
2: and then the camel ends up being my Valentine. So. <laughs>
1: oh, well, hey, who would have thought you get all that? You get all that yeah. way I'll to, take it. I'll to <laughs> there. Uh, Lee, this was fun. Uh, last thing, I mean, what's the What's the next step for you in the short term to reach those goals of four grand slams, the number one, like going into clay court season, what do you have your eyes and your heart set on?
2: Yeah, I think definitely uh, I want to do some damage on the clay. And uh, I think, you know, my physicality, I've gotten a lot stronger and everything. So I think, you know, this could be a really good time. And right now, just keeping the body healthy and then uh, just playing my game and and getting more confidence like that and, and playing higher level tournaments and, Um, Just trying to get better every day and solidify, you know, who I am on the court and and how I play and and what I'm like. So I think for me, that's the goal, just kind of getting better every day and working on my strengths and working on my weaknesses and just, you know, becoming really solid overall.
1: Yeah, you're definitely in the mix now. You've played a lot of pro level matches and you're a threat on tour and at your age, about to be 22. We got to we got to see about the Olympics for you. I think that could be a nice thing is get you on Team USA.
2: Yeah, that would be unbelievable uh i mean i watched it on tv so to be a part of that would be really cool
1: i know that that's something where we talk about it with other athletes it's not the money side of things it's just representing the country and you know for the family especially getting to walk out as part of team usa
2: yeah, i mean uh, it's a huge honor so
1: i think um, it'll i think it'll happen you're still you're still young enough and there's a lot of opportunities <laughs> there we just got to make sure these olympics happen but uh yeah. An- Ann lee thank you so much for joining me on tennis channel inside in Best of luck uh, on your uh, season and career going forward. Keep practicing all those instruments, though, that you stopped playing.
2: Yeah, I gotta get better at that, but thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you. Huge thanks to Ann Lee for appearing on this week's episode of Tennis Channel, Inside In. She's rising up the ranks on the WTA. It was a blast getting to know her and getting to learn about her interests on and off the court. Uh, showcasing that personality. She may be a household name before you know it. So big thanks to Ann Lee. Best of luck on her young career just growing. Hope everybody out there is enjoying the Monte Carlo Masters on Tennis Channel's Airwaves, the first ATP Masters series on the clay. It's been a doozy so far with Djokovic going out in his first match to David Alfikina. al Alcaraz losing the Corda in a three-set thriller. A lot of upsets, a lot of wind, a lot of elements. It's a beautiful scenic in Monte Carlo. Uh, it's a phenomenal event. Hope everyone enjoys it. You can catch recaps of all the action on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network with our various shows there. Go to tennis.com slash podcasts. You can recap this and every episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on all your podcast platforms. Brandly, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. We will be back next week with another show. This is the road to Rolling Garros Rolls Along.